You won't have to go very far to find that. Huh? That's in the front. Oh, Genesis chapter 3, or 15, I'm sorry. Uh, Let's... Verse 4, I hate to break in like that, but I've got to save some time. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, that is Abram. Notice it's not Abraham, it's Abram. And that's before God made his covenant with Abraham. And he said, Behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. Well, it's talking about Eliezer of Damascus. He's not your heir, Abram. You're going to have one, but it's not him. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars. Number them. If thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed, that is Abram, believed in the Lord, and he counted to him for righteousness. He wasn't saved by the law. This was... 500 years plus before the law was given by Moses on Mount Sinai, brought down from Mount Sinai. So it had nothing to do with the law. He wasn't even circumcised. So, verse 7, and he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees. Now that Ur of the Chaldees, the liberals... Liberal Bible scholars used to say that that was just a myth, that there never was an Ur of the Chaldees, and that was until they uncovered it. And it's exactly where and how the Bible says, and that's where Abraham went to a one-room school and used a a slate, a writing slate. And do you know what the educators say about one-room schools? They're the most effective of all. And Abram went to one of them 4,000 years ago. Anyway. Verse 8. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And he said unto him, Take me an heifer of three years old and a she-goat of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst. And he laid and laid each piece one against another, but the birds divided he not. Now he did this just according as you did it under Moses' law. Because How could he do that? Because God told him how to do that. And God didn't have two different sacrifices. Oh, I didn't read the bulletin. You need to read that. Brother Brown, very ably tells you how there's only one way of salvation ever one gospel ever and when the fowls came down upon the carcasses Abram drove them away it's what we need to be doing 
Drive all the heresy away from our worship. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And lo, and a horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety, of a certainty, that thy seed, he didn't even have a seed, but God is now telling him, Thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. Now this is what you call prophecy. And this prophecy has absolutely been fulfilled. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. And afterwards shall they come out with great substance. That is, the seed of Abram will come out of Egypt with a great substance. That's how they built the tabernacle and all that gold and all that stuff. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age, which would be 175 years old. That's a good old age. But in the fourth generation, and evidently right here, generation is about 100 100 years or better. They shall come hither again. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. That's what I'm going to talk about. The iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And it came to pass that when the sun went down, it was dark, and behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates, which is drying up right now. The Kenites and the Kenizzites and the Cadmonites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Rephaims and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Girgashites and the Jebusites. Those were all the inhabitants of Canaan. Now here God gave Abram as the progenitor of the Hebrew nation. The title deed to the promised land. That's never been revoked. I asked, was in Frankfurt, Germany, in the airport waiting on, I don't remember what was waiting on a plane to come. We must have been waiting on one to come back to the States. And there was this guy, I could tell he was in the Israeli Air Force. And I guess he was tra- waiting for a plane to go, go to Israel. And I struck up a conversation with him because he spoke better English than I did. Talked to him and I said, listen, I got something I want to ask you. Aren't you familiar with Genesis, the 15th chapter? He said, of course. (laughs) I said, then you know what God gave Abram, don't you? Yeah. He said, we all know that. From the Euphrates River to the Nile River and everything in between, that's your land. He said, we know that. We're very well aware of that. That's scary. Because you know what's going to happen. They're going to get that land. God told them they're going to. It's theirs. They can't 
They can't alter the deed. They're trying. Joe Biden and all his bunch, they're trying to alter the deed, but they can't alter that deed. But I digress. We want to talk about that part of the verse, verse 16. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. How many have ever wondered what that means? Well, maybe you already know. Maybe I could just forget this message. Anyway, as we consider this, the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Well, first we consider iniquity. In both Testaments, iniquity is sin or anomia, lawlessness. And more often than not, it is in a religious capacity. Now, it's not always in a a religious sin, uh, but more often than not, it is. It has more to do with religious sin. Well, what is religious sin? Idolatry and all of the uh, attendant things. Well... Then the second thing is the Amorites. Look back at Genesis 10. And verse 15. And Canaan begat Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth, and the Jebusite, and the Amorite, and the Gergesite, and the Hivite, and the Archite, and the Sinite, and the Arvadite, and the Zimmerite, and the Hamathite, and afterward were the families of the Canaanites spread abroad. So we find that uh, the Amorites are direct descendants of Canaan. And he's the son of Ham. Okay? Well, Hold your place there and and look over to Amos real quick. Hosea, Joel, Amos. Chapter 2. Now, of course, the book of Amos is in a different time than is Genesis. Genesis, especially chapter 10, you're in the table of the nations. Uh, You're after the flood, but close to the flood time. And then in Abram's time, chapter 15, you're about about 2000 B.C. And we get to Amos, he's somewhere about the 8th century B.C., so it's a lot of time difference here. But we see in Amos in chapter 2, and let's see, verse 9. Yet destroyed I the Amorite before them whose height was like the height of the cedars. These are giant people. And he was strong as the oaks. Yet I destroyed his fruit from above and his roots from beneath. And I brought you up from the land of Egypt and led you 40 years through the wilderness to possess the land of the Amorite. 
So over here in Genesis, when he says, for the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet full. The Israelites feared the Amorites. Well, what did Joshua and Caleb and the other ten Israelite spies come back and report to the children of Israel at Kadesh Barnea the first time? When they were sent out by Moses to spy out the land, check the land out. Well, they, Joshua and Caleb came back, and the other ten came back. But they all have one thing to say. There's giants in the land. We say, well, we got tall people today because we got better than them. We always had tall people. We always have had giants, and that don't mean dinosaurs. Yeah, there was dinosaurs, but there were giant people in the land. How many times, if you check out some of these things, just don't listen to Dr. Hogjaws and his bunch because they'll lie to you. There have been giants. They uncover skeletons all the time of people who were 9, 10, 11 foot tall. And that's not myth, that's fact. So these people said they were tall as the cedars of Lebanon, which is tall, and as strong as the oaks. How strong is an oak tree? Ha! So, they were large and a strong people, and therefore they were a fearsome enemy. It wasn't just Goliath. You had many of them. Now, there we've talked about the iniquity. We've talked somewhat about the Amorites. And there's quite a bit about the Amorites in the Old Testament. And then we see third, the consideration of the iniquity of the Amorites. We're not told iniquity is, so we must surmise from some of the other scriptures. Well, let's think about it. The direct descendant of Ham, who is the son of of Canaan and Ham. Do we know what the sin was there with Ham and Canaan? Well, when you go back and you read, you find out after the flood, Noah built a, he became a husbandman, and he grew a vineyard. Now, where did he get the seeds to grow a vineyard? Obviously, they carried seeds with them aboard the ark when they were there. Uh, and so he planted a vineyard. Now Noah was a righteous man, but he wasn't a perfect man. He, he got this vineyard, he raised some grapes, and he made some wine. Now that's, wine is not the only, alcoholic wine is not the only use of grapes. To some of our brethren, that's the only thing you can do with grapes that's any good. Is make rot gut wine out of it. The Bible says, look not thou on the wine when it's fermenting. That's what the Bible says. Now a lot of preachers, oh no, well, you can have a little bit. Really? The Bible says don't look at it. I guess, I guess you must do it this way. 
Yeah, I guess if you put blindfolds on, you're okay to drink it. No, it says don't look at it. It means don't drink it at all. Anyway. Uh, and what will alcohol do to you when you when you drink it? What are people getting ready to do right now, right here in the last of December? Well, it'll all go on this month and next month at these Christmas parties. They're going to get drunk. <laughs> and then what are they going to do? They're going to grab somebody else's wife. That's what happens when you get a bottle. I don't care who you are when you get drunk. Your worst flesh comes out. I don't care who you are. That's the purpose of drinking it. It dulls that conscience and you do things that you wouldn't ordinarily. Oh, I got to get drunk to have fun. You mean you got to get drunk to reveal what and who you really are. And that's what goes on. Well, so well, Noah, he was a good man. Yeah, he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But he wasn't a perfect man. And he, he took a little back set there. He got his wine, or got his grapes, and he brewed his wine. And he got drunk. And he got naked. That happens a lot. <laughs> People get drunk, they get naked. Uh, uh, am I right or wrong? Y'all think I'm telling you a story tale here? Or am I telling you the truth? That's exactly what happens. And they said his son Ham came in and saw the nakedness of his father. Now, I don't know what went on there, but I can certainly imagine. And then with the curse that God put on Ham or Canaan and his descendants, you might guess that there was some homosexuality, incestuous homosexuality going on there. And you see, that's a, an abominable sin in the sight of God, according to the word of God. Now, if anybody doesn't like that, it's too late. I've done said it. But it's, that's scripture. Anyway, so what was the iniquity of the Amorites? Well, I have an idea that that's part of it. Secondly, look at Numbers chapter 21 real quick. I'm going to run out of time. I know I will. Numbers chapter 21. And I'm not saying, oh, they're bad. No. I know what I am. I don't avoid all that stuff because I'm too good for it. I don't want to be drawn into it. Numbers chapter 21. And verse 23. Sihon, he was the king of the Amorites. Would not allow Israel to pass through his border. But Sihon gathered all his people together and went out against Israel into the wilderness. And he came to Jahaz and fought against Israel. There's the second indicator of the iniquity of the Amorites. 
And then look at Deuteronomy 20. In verse 16. But of the cities of these people, which the Lord thy God doth give thee for an inheritance. That's Canaan's land. That's the promised land. That's where all these ites live. The Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hivites, and the Hittites. Which are not of the cities of these nations. Wait a minute. For an inheritance. That's, Thou shalt save alive nothing that breatheth. You go in there and wipe it out. Well, isn't that cruel? No, God knows what he's doing. He declares the end from the beginning. But thou shalt utterly destroy them. That is their command. They didn't do it. Namely the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, that they teach you not to do after all of their abominations, which they have done unto their gods, so should ye sin against the Lord your God. It's a religious thing. They follow after their idolatry. And it is so wicked that you'll be drawn into it. And guess what happened to them? They got drawn into it. Well, it's all right to mix together. No, it's not either. Evil communications corrupt good manners is what Paul said. Anyhow, one more scripture, Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 20. In verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Again, thou shalt say to the children of Israel, Whosoever he be of the children of Israel, or of the strangers that sojourn in Israel, that giveth any of his seed unto Molech, he shall surely be put to death. Sound to me like God's serious about this. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. That's anybody of the children of Israel that gets swallowed up by Molech and they, they commit idolatry and baby murder. And I will set my face against that man and will cut him off from among his people because he hath given of his seed, that's his kid, unto Molech. To defile my sanctuary and profane my holy name. And of the people of the land, do any, if the people of the land do anyways, hide their eyes from the man. You don't pay attention to what's going on. You hide your eyes. You don't, I don't want to see that. When he giveth his seed unto Molech and kill him, I don't want anything to do with that. You don't have any choice, is what God's telling them. Then I will set my face against the man, that man, and against his family, and will cut him off. And all that go a whoring after him to commit whoredom with Molech from among their people. You see, once 
you name the name of Christ, you're not neutral. You're either with him or against him. These were the children of God. And they had no choice. And if they didn't choose God and went with the crowd to offer unto Molech, then God said he is to die and his family just like the rest of them. Well, okay. Now are we getting an idea of what the iniquity of the Amorites is? And I think that's what we've got to choose from, what we've just what we've read. Now, though they were strong and exceedingly wicked, God didn't judge them immediately. Matter of fact, look at Ecclesiastes 8 real quick. You can just write it down. You don't have to turn there. Leave me to do all the use them and thumb them. Verse 11. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. You know, we didn't have the red wave that they were all talking about. We're not getting the Senate back. Republicans are not. The very best we could hope for is a 50-50 split. They've already got 50. We've got 49 unless, unless Herschel Walker wins that Senate seat in Georgia. Then they're going to have the majority. They won't even need what's-her-name up there. But if we get 50-50, then what's-her-name? You know that next to Biden? She's got the vote. When it's a 50-50 vote, she votes and she goes with them. So nothing's going to change in the Senate. And we may not even have the Congress. The last I saw, it was 2-11 on our side, but it was 2-01 on their side. We've got to have seven more congressmen to get the majority but I don't know whether they're going to get it or not we may end up just like we have been and nothing changes so it looks like the Lord would do better than that wait a minute God didn't vote for those Democrats God didn't vote no on the second amendment People did. Yeah, did. You said, well, maybe God doesn't know what's going on. Oh, wait a minute. The iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Oh, we'd already read where they got judged big time. Wiped out. It just didn't happen then. 
So I want us to learn that. Because sentence against an evil work is not carried out immediately. The hearts of the sons of men that do that wickedness is set in them to continue to do wickedness. Well, they can murder the babies that they want to now. They can keep it tied up in court. They can go ahead and all of them, all of these so-called, all these so-called Democrat voters that just voted their heart, they voted murder. They voted murder for unborn babies. And you think, you think that, that these people care about your children? They want these unborn children murdered. And they're even talking about after they're born. Well, that former governor of Virginia, he actually did it. He probably still doing it. Murdering born babies who are created, made in the image of God. And we're going on with it. People want that. Anybody that voted for a Democrat, that's what they voted for. They voted for two men to marry. They voted for two women to marry. They voted for your children. Now listen, they tell us that also in this election that youngsters from 18 to 28, bigger numbers of those kids voted. Those young people voted. And guess who they voted for? Because they've been in the government schools, Lexington, Fayette County, Jessamine County, Madison County, all of them. And those teachers have been telling them homosexuality is good. Abortion is good because it preserves a woman's right to do what she wants to with her body. But they're all liars. A baby is not her body. And she's a murderer, and the doctor and nurses that do that are murderers. And the Bible says, no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Most commentaries say that all of this delay in God's judgment is because of God trying to get them all to change their minds. And give them every chance to repent. I believe rather it has more to do with God's judgment. And giving out the fullness of his wrath. Look at now Genesis chapter 6. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. These are not angels. They're human beings. Angelic beings cannot cohabit with human beings. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. Now how many 
survived the flood. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah's three sons and the four wives, they survived the flood. How many didn't survive the flood? We don't know for sure, but according to all of the uh, estimates by those that take uh, surveys, uh, what else is it called? Censuses. There must have been well over a billion people in the world at that time. So how many died outside of the ark? Well, let's see here. Let's see what God said. He said, uh, verse 5, God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. Both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah. But God who is rich in mercy. And that's what Noah needed more than anything else was the mercy of God. And he found it in the Lord. And the Lord spared Noah and his family, but nobody else. Now, wait a minute. Hasn't God already passed judgment right there? Do you think God didn't know what was coming up? Of course he did. He didn't have any latecomers on the ark. He didn't have any no-shows. Every ticket was punched. Nobody can sell you a ticket from the ark that they didn't use. You ever now? And you, uh, well, I think Elvis was going to be down here at Rough Arena, and then he died. Well, the people that had tickets to go see, those tickets are worth some money. But there ain't no no-show tickets for the ark. Every ticket that was given was punched. Eight of them, and that's all. Yes, I say God did know what was going on. You say, why did he wait 120 years? Well, look at 1 Peter. Chapter 3 and verse 20. And which sometime were disobedient. That was some people before the flood. When once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. While the ark was a preparing. What was his wait about? 120 year wait. It was waiting on the ark. He wasn't waiting for people to repent. 
It was waiting on the ark. The ark was a preparing wherein few, Jesus said many call few chosen. That's always been true. That is, eight souls were saved by water. Well, <laughs> this stuff kind of goes together, doesn't it? Amen. Well, the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. You mean to tell me that they had a certain amount that God was allowing them to do? Yeah. Was it to lessen their punishment or was it to bring total punishment could that be I know a lot of people oh you don't know what you're talking about well this is a possibility isn't it well alright yeah. we've all got a measure measure uh, yeah. Look at uh, Matthew Matthew 23, verse 32. Well, verse 1 and I. Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous, and say, If we had been in the days of our father, we would not have been protected of them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore, you be witnesses unto yourselves. That you all are the children of them which killed the prophets. Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers. You mean, I believe nations and people, they have measures. A certain amount allowed. Look at Psalm 9. Y'all hang with me. Psalm 9. Verse 17. Oh, no, wait a minute. Verse 15. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made, and the net which they hid is their own foot taken. The Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands, uh, verse 17 the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God Amen. we are not to think that God has forgotten our sins lots of people think oh well that back there he's let bygones be bygones he's forgotten all that oh no Little do they know about God. Every soul that sinneth, it shall die. And every sin that every soul sinneth must be judged. 
And God hasn't forgotten. God hasn't forgotten 1973. When Roe v. Wade opened up the floodgates of baby murdering. God hasn't forgotten the Supreme Court that declared that two men or two women can get married. God doesn't forget that. You may have hidden it. You may have forgotten it. But God has not and will not. They forgot, but God didn't. I don't know how, what the Amorites thought. They thought they'd skated through. They got away with it. But they didn't. And nobody will. All nations and people don't have the same measure. But when your measure is filled, then God's wrath and judgment will come. One may be living a long life, but it's only because God is permitting him or her to fill up their measure. The Proverbs say, the hoary head, the white head, is a crown if it be crowned in righteousness. But a hoary head, a white head that has been turned old, turned white, with sin is just a human being that is running out his measure, filling up his measure, and the judgment of God is next. Every sin that a sinner commits that serves to fill up his measure. You know, these Democrats are getting away with a lot. They think they are. But everything that they do that's against God, that's against His Word, all it's done is filling up their measure. Amen. Look quickly at Proverbs. I'll quit this in a minute. Proverbs 15, verse 8. The sacrifice of the wicked is abomination, is an abomination to the Lord. Really? I hear people say, well, better to go to that kind of church than not go at all. No, nothing could be further from the truth. Because every act of idolatry will be judged by God. Every sin will be judged, will be used to fill up that measure. Look at Proverbs 21. Verse 27. The sacrifice of the wicked is abomination. How much more when he bringeth it with a wicked mind. As if we're talking about this morning, about the... the uh, Different preachers trying to get you away from the Old Testament. Get away from the Bible altogether. All of their sacrifice is filling up their measure of sin.
God uses means. And when those means are rejected, not denying the grace of God, not denying the doctrines of grace, but when those means are rejected, it just simply goes to fill up your measure of sin. In Amos chapter 4, real quick. I'm just going to scatter radically read through this for time. Verse 6, And I also have given you cleanness of teeth in all your cities and want of bread in all your places. And yet have not you not returned to me, saith the Lord. Verse 7, I have withholden the rain from you. And then in verse 9, I have smitten you with blasting and mildew. Verse 10, I have sent among you the pestilence after the manner of Egypt. Your young men have I slain with the sword and have taken away your horses, and I have made the stink of your camps to come up unto your nostrils, yet you have not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have overthrown, verse 11, some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and you were as a firebrand plucked out of the burning. And then verse 12, Therefore, because of all of those means of chastisement, discipline, he says, Therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. The iniquity of the Amorites was not yet full. But when it was full, there's God's wrath and God's judgment. In Romans 11, Paul talks about, and when the fullness of the Gentiles come in. Now, I don't know what all that means, the fullness of the Gentiles. But whenever that comes in, and that means that all of those Gentiles, will have, that they will have filled up the measure of their sin, plus all of the other good things. And then the Jews' time will come again. And that's the fullness of the Gentiles. First uh, Thessalonians 2, G, uh, Paul told the Jews, he said, Fill up your sin our way. Go ahead and fill up your measure of sin. Then the last one is John 8. These are awful words, but Jesus knew what he was saying. And all of this and this nation that's going on, that's been going on for some time, and the rest of the nations will experience the same thing. Look what he says in verse 21. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and you shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go you cannot come. In verse 24. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he. Ye shall die 
in your sins. Somebody said, well, this doesn't have anything to do with me. Oh, yes, it does. It has everything to do with you. It's appointed unto man once to die. It's not amazing when a human being dies. It's just amazing that more of them haven't died. Because it's our appointed date that God has appointed. But after this, the judgment. Oh, it's not the end of anything. Death is not the end of anything. It's the end of this life. But it's not the end of anything. Because right after this is the judgment of God. When you will face everything that you've said doesn't matter to you. When you will face everything that you've rejected of God. Now if you're in Christ. What can they do to you? What can the Democrat Congress and the Democrat Senate and the Democrat White House, what can they do to me? Not a thing that will make one iota's difference when I go to be with the Lord. Amen. And they can't do a whole lot to me now because I'm well on. <laughs> I'm on borrowed time anyway. If God be for you, who can be against you? Amen. So am I upset? I notice. I pay attention to things, pretty much. No, I'm going to go on and pick in my little pea patch. Just as if there hadn't been an election. I can't stop them from murdering babies. I voted. I've done all I can do. I paid taxes like everybody else. Probably not as much as most people, but I pay taxes. I can't stop them from taking my tax money and murdering babies. I can't stop them from taking my tax money and supporting communists. I can't stop them. I've done all I can do to vote. I'm going to pick in my pea patch right here. And see what the Lord would have for me. And I'm going to do, continue to do what he told me. That's what you can do. But I tell you what. If you're not in Christ by faith. You need to give that consideration. Because well, I'm still alive. Yeah but you're filling up your measure. You're filling up your measure of sin. The iniquity of the Amorites. It was not yet full. But it got full. Keep that in mind. That iniquity got full. And when it did. God's wrath and God's judgment.